Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, friends. We're back again. It's May the 12th, 2023. Uh, I'm Adriel Pearl. It's in the weeds here on Fightful Overbooked, and I'm here with Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how's you doing? How's your morning? It's it's Friday. I'm very thankful that we made it to a Friday, Joel Pearl. I got the weekend ahead of us. Nothing going on this weekend, right? No shows, nothing. This NBA playoffs. I know you're super excited about the game seven yep. and the Sixers and the Celtics. Who you got between the Sixers and Celtics game seven, Joel Pearl? The Hartford Whalers. Uh, I don't know how well they're going to do in this game, but really? you never know. You never know. We're going to try our best, but uh, I don't know. Who, who, sorry, who's playing again? It's the Celtics and Lakers. No, that's that's not. That's a finals match. What that could doing? be a finals match. What are we doing? This is why I'm going to replace you with SP3. Y'all do it day on this show. No, no, you guys do a, you guys do this on Tuesdays. I'm allowed yeah, to be ignorant about the sports you don't talk about outside of Tuesday. I know that's why I bring it up because I know you don't follow basketball at all. So I just like to twist the knife a little bit. Like look at Joel Pearl and his non-basketball uh, knowledgeable self. <laughs> Here's the thing. I okay. If I go to a game. I know what's going on. I do understand the game uh, to a certain degree. Obviously, I'm not, you know, super pundit, know my shit. But what I do not pay attention to is literally everything else. Okay, so you don't have to know basketball to, like, actually get this stuff right. Um, what was that? This? It's yeah. I clean my glasses oh. with this cloth. I thought it was a, a, a beanie baby or something. <laughs> It's li- I guess because it's yellow, I get it. But yeah, no, it's a clock. Yeah, it was very quick. It just popped across the screen very quick. Um, Joel is still recovering from Nick Nurse's firing. That's a That's Toronto true. Raptors. Yeah. That's true. My Raptors are uh, not a playoff bound team this year. And uh, that hurts. And so, now we have to find a new coach. And the, the <laughs> woman who was rumored to join was probably a publicity stunt. 
until until this to pop my children who are not watching this. Uh, maybe maybe the wife will show the clip though. So I asked the kids. I talked I talked to my buddy Samer just about every day. I was picking picking them up from school, and I asked I asked them. I was like, hey, who do you think's gonna win this game tonight? This is uh, Miami against Milwaukee, and they're like uh, the Heat. The Heat are gonna win this game, and the Heat won that night. And then they predicted the the Lakers and the Grizzlies as well. And they said the Lakers are going to win. They don't know anything about basketball. Just ask them, hey, who do you think is going to win based on these team names? And they got it. So I asked them before the Suns and the Nuggets series. I said, hey, who do you think is going to win this series between the Suns and the Nuggets? This is a very tough choice for these children, by the way. They said, oh, well, we like the Sun. We like being out in the Sun. You know, we like playing in the Sun and everything. But we also like chicken nuggets as well. So I don't know. And they were like, we're going to go with the Nuggets. We like the chicken nuggets better. And lo and behold, last night, the Nuggets win. So you don't need to be knowledgeable about basketball. You just got to have the vibes. Like if you have the vibes when it comes to basketball, you can predict this sport. SB3 and I do this show like an hour talking basketball, trying to sound smart. And these kids are like, yeah, chicken nuggets are better than the suns, like the the burning sun. So the chicken nuggets are going to win. And they're right. The kids get it. Ryan Reynolds is smarter than all of us. By the way, did you did you hear that Ryan Reynolds is not going to be purchasing the Ottawa Senators? That's a shame. It is. You know, we have have two other recording artists who are now vying for two other celebrities now vying for the team. Do you know who they are? Uh, Snoop Dogg, WrestleMania legend Snoop Dogg is one of them. Um, I don't recall the other one though. Uh, WrestleMania uh, theme song superstar, The Weekend. Oh. Yes. Oh. So either way, WWE brings WrestleMania oh. to Ottawa because of those two possible purchases. Please, please let either one of them buy the team so I can write the most clickbait headline of just wrestle undefeated WrestleMania legend Snoop Dogg buys Ottawa Senators. That's I'm writing this article, by the way, if it happens. It's such a niche article that like you're gonna pop two specific people on this website it's gonna be me and you're gonna get tom tom sherwood who does a lot of uh, artwork on twitter and he's another audible boy so there, there are a couple other people who are in the twitter sphere who would uh, get a good some people are good they're gonna complain of like oh is this really news really going for those clicks and everything like yeah a little bit like i don't write articles for clicks i don't write what most people consider clickbait headlines and stuff but you know we we're we're a business i'm trying to run a business here joel and we got to bring in some clicks i just got a new computer i don't know if people can tell uh, my camera did you see how much better this camera really looks good i was gonna say like your your white balanced in your your color balance everything looks really good today yeah, I don't. I don't need the the lights that I got natural light behind me. But the lights that Sean Rossap forced me to buy uh, when I get back to the the house and the home office. Got this fancy new computer here and everything, so I can work harder. So my old computer would freeze up on me and just be a general annoyance when I was trying to do five hundred articles at a time. So I need people to click these articles so I can you know pay off this computer. So I need to write some click clickbait headlines of oh what does this have to do with wrestling no it's a wrestlemania legend it's a man who has never lost at wrestlemania just purchased the hockey team but everything is wrestling everything of course that's just that's 
that's the way it should be too. Also, I like the idea that people be like, ah, slow news day and you get all these clicks and you're just like, well, first of all, if you ever went to a Sens game, you'd know that they could use all the clicks they could get. <laughs> okay. They could use a lot of help. So maybe go ahead and support that. Uh, speaking of the support, maybe you could go ahead and toss a thumbs up on this video right now and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked because that gets us a little bit closer to more of our friends watching wrestling, seeing us talk about wrestling and also Jeremy, you'll be working hard on a few of those articles soon because at 10.30, Hayan's going to be joining us for a wonderful interview talking about West Coast Pro Wrestling's Queen of the Indies that's happening this weekend. Uh, it actually starts tomorrow. It's, it's happening tomorrow. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk about Hayan's career because she's been a Ring of Honor. She's been on Monday Night Raw. She's uh, uh, worked with Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy. Uh, she's, she's done a lot. She's a mocap. She did mocap for uh, WWE 2K. That's right. I wanted to bring that up, too. I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength there. So 1030, Hayan's going to join us. Very excited for that. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about AEW from Wednesday night. Talk a little bit about Don Callis, that snake in the grass, Don Callis. And uh, the storyline with the Elite and the BCC, we talked about it on, on Wednesday going into Dynamite. The first thing I asked you with that cage match, I said, what's Don Callis going to do? And uh, here we are. We weren't wrong. They're gonna. They had him turn on Kenny Omega. So we'll talk about that, and of course, the SmackDown preview, a Rampage preview. If you want to support us financially throughout, go ahead and drop us a super chat. It's over at the bottom of your chat screen on YouTube.com/slash Fightful Overbooked. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Just click the dollar sign, would you, huh. Jeremy? Yes. My so so Mike from Indeed says uh, shout, out, shout out. He was at Dynamite on Wednesday. Apparently, sign got taken. Uh, and shout out to Indy just in general, Reg and, and Mike, who uh, do the show Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Fightful Overbooked. Can't purchase a Super Chat because he's not in Canada, apparently. Just PayPal me directly, Mike. That's all you got to do. Hey, don't don't worry about Super Chat. Just PayPal me directly. I'll take it take it straight to the bank. I feel like that's not right, but here we are. Both you, both what Mike is saying and what you are saying. But I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to call Mike a liar. Uh, I, just, I feel like I feel like keep trying. Send us $100 right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Uh, anyway, so AEW announced uh, a couple of days ago that they're coming back to Boston and that they're going to run the TD Garden. Did you get the date for that, by the way? Uh, not off the top of my head. I know. That's the problem. But I'm going to look it up right now. So they're going to be running TD Garden Wednesday, July 19th. Okay. Smack dab in the middle of summer. We've passed Forbidden Door. Double or Nothing will be in the rear view. Why TD Garden and why not Aganis? Do you think that this is AEW trying to level up? Or do you think maybe there's something up their sleeve that is going to bring butts into the seats in Boston? Done, done, done. Done, done, done. Money! Done, done, done. Done, done, done. Money! That song's so catchy. Oh man, that thing's gonna hit, and the TD Garden, the, the pop is gonna be not about Bat Bunny levels, but it's gonna be huge in the TD Garden. Great. Okay, but what if it's John Cena? <laughs> it ain't John Cena. Let's, let's let's dead that right now. It ain't John Cena. I think, I truly think that they realize there's a capacity for this. And they don't need to run in these big markets like Boston. Like they don't need to run like the the smaller uh, like minor league hockey arenas 
anymore. They can run the NHL arenas uh, in, in these bigger markets. And I'm sure they'll sell it out close to capacity because uh, I think the, the ticket sales were good last time. It's not like they go to uh, Boston like every single day like they do with Chicago or anything. I think I think there will be a market for it. And they were like, oh, we kind of missed our boat last time. AW is really hot right now. That's the other thing is like they're going to be coming off of Forbidden Door as well. Like they're, it's going to it's going to be hot basically all the way through all out in, in September. I think it's going to be a really hot product all summer. So I think they just they they feel we can run this arena. We can do big business here compared to just running the minor league hockey arena. And that's what they're doing. But if they got something off their sleeve, if they got Mercedes Monet, that would be obviously huge. But I, I'm not putting my expectations that high because last time everyone did this and, you know, there was percentages given. It created the expectation and a lot of people were disappointed. So I'm not going to do that. Well, first of all, it's fine now. We don't have to do the percentage game because the guy who did the percentage game currently works for the company for whom he was giving percentages. So that's... And they'll fine. ask him, they're like, can you give me a percentage on this? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Forbidden Door and I'm just going to spend the entire time asking Will Washington, what's your percentage on July 19th, Mercedes Monet? And I'm just going to see what he says over just over the course of a weekend. We'll, we'll have we'll, we'll have a nice uh, a nice chat about percentages. Uh, but it's true that a lot of people have already jumped to Mercedes Monet as a potential debut for a big arena setting. And I get it. At the same time, if they start announcing a massive card uh, early ish, I'm not saying like tomorrow, but, you know, let's say at the beginning of July, they start pumping out some pretty big matches and feuds, then that might be enough to get people through the doors. I mean, there's an expectation people would love to see Mercedes debut, but I don't think Mercedes debuting in Boston, like, I'm going to word this in a way that the people don't misunderstand me. I think it would be a huge debut, but I don't think that it's one of those things that's going to pack the hometown house. Like, as... Again, I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not trying to understate this. And I know you're giving me a look like I'm trying to because you just want to goad me into being wrong. Uh, if you announce a big card, that alone stands on its own and it packs the house. If Mercedes happens to show up and you are hinting at it, then that puts you over the top. That's what I'm getting at. With okay. Battle of the Valley, they announced her match. And that pushed things over the top, and they ended up selling out the venue. That was an that was an announced debut, based on the fact that she was officially signed to the company. If they're going to do this again, like in LA, where people started playing with percentages and saying she's going to show up and be the tag partner, and da 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 da, they they can't play that again. Or if they do, they better be damn well sure that they have pen to paper she's showing up, because otherwise, just make a really good card, and people will be happy going to the show. That's where I'm coming from. They don't they don't need to play any tease game if they don't have her. Even yes. because that was the the problem with LA is they did the the mystery partner thing to start with. And so immediately they played a tease game. And it's like, oh, what's gonna happen? And then they did the oh, okay, well, Soraya chooses Tony Storm. People still weren't sold on it though, because they it was like, well, why didn't she just choose Tony Storm in the first place? Why didn't she just you know, make that decision and 
why was it a mystery partner thing anyway? Why'd she have two tickets? Like just if you're gonna if you have her, fine, play the tease game. If you don't, don't hint at any type of mystery type thing. Don't even feel into that speculation. Yeah, Britt Brit said the, the line and the pre-tape as well. That made fans believe one thing. If you're into it, cut that stuff out. Tell everybody, like, look, don't say anything hinting, alluding to this. We don't want to create expectations if we do not have her. If you got her, fine. Tease, tease it away. Who cares? Because you're going to deliver on it. Don't create that expectation otherwise. As far as the card goes, they typically like to announce a big match for these bigger shows. I, you think back to the LA show, like Moxley and Hangman was announced like two weeks before. Even the, maybe even like further than that uh, down the line. Uh, we knew we were going to get the, the the trios match as well, I believe, on that card. Um, we were also, we we got the, the mystery partner uh, women's match as well. And then you think back even to last week in Detroit or this past week in Detroit, they announced Moxley and Omega, the cage match a week and a half beforehand, like two weeks beforehand, because it was like, Oh, this is a big match. Let's go ahead. Let's let everybody know you're getting this match on this card. So I would imagine for Boston, they will announce at least their big main event two weeks prior at the very least be before the show instead of you know excalibur runs through the entire card in 10 seconds uh the week before john cena versus cm punk <laughs> boston massachusetts aw dynamite july 19th i don't think you're getting that match <laughs> no i don't think so either. but like but i agree with you if they announce a big match and they start really building a card then uh you're in you're in good and they cannot spend a bunch of weeks teasing and whipping up the fan base into this uh, in, into this whole expectation of something that may or may not happen. One of the good things that happened with the CM Punk debut was that they knew he was coming in. They had the subtle hints, the best in the world, the Cookie Monster shirt, the Chick Magnus shirt. Little, little subtle hints like that made the worst kept secret in wrestling work. Uh, but in this case, they have to really nail it home that it's going to be or not be a big, let's say, Mercedes Monet debut. You got to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't they can't tease it when it comes to Mercedes, and you know if they if, unless they do actually have it. My expectation is not there though. I think they're just running this venue because they feel there's the market for it, and they'll probably be proven correct on that. Anything else is a bonus. Anything else is a bonus to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, listen, if MJF is still the champion at that point. You can run an MJF versus who is Boston's who, who's the biggest star in Boston in the, on the AEW roster? Jason Tatum on the AEW roster. He can be signed by then. You don't know oh, the okay. finals will be over. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? She's here early. She's great, and no one ever shows up early for these interviews. But uh, yeah. someone decided today that they wanted to. So let's let's get at it. Uh, you want to give a little intro, Jeremy Lambert? Uh, she is the re- reality of wrestling diamonds division champion. Uh, she also has other belts. She has sabotage of war, war of the genders championship, new Texas pro women's champion, VWR vixens champion. She trains at reality of wrestling. She is competing in West coast pros queen of the Indies tournament, uh, which begins on May 13th, Saturday. That's on IWTV. Uh, she's facing Masha Slamovich, the GCW champion, another belt collector herself. 
in the first round. She is Hayan. Hayan, how you doing? Hi, everyone. How are you? Good. Nice. Oh, look at the Star Wars shirt, too. Thank you. It's, I actually got it for Christmas. <laughs> nice. Nice. First big question for you. Did you pick up Tears of the Kingdom? I actually got an email yesterday from GameStop that they were shipping it over. So I should have it soon. Although this weekend's probably not the best weekend for me to like <laughs> have the game. I can't like with all due respect, Masha. <laughs> if I had Tears of the Kingdom with me, I don't think I could put a wrestling match together. <laughs> so I think I'll probably get it in the mail by like Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> Have you considered maybe just walking to the ring for your match with Masha while you're playing the game? Just being like, hang on, hang on, hang on one second. <laughs> Honestly, I might. I don't think I could like put it down. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. When I got Breath of the Wild, I there was like a whole week straight where I just played it for like eight hours a day. Like straight. Because I got it during pandemic. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, so you're just like a big Zelda fan. Yeah, I have a Zelda. I actually have a Zelda tattoo. I'm like a... Oh, killer. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Interview's over. Good night. Yeah, just, Joel, Joel was so excited. He's like, I'm just going to ask about Zelda. I was like, okay. And then I'm pretty sure that's all I wanted to ask about. No, 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 no. Uh, I could have a whole combo on Zelda. I'm sure we could. Uh, tell us about West Coast Pro and, and competing in the Queen of the Indies tournament, especially facing... Masha Slamovich in the first round. That's an impact talent. She's also the GCW champion. Like that's a, it's a big match for the first round. Yeah. I think it's like, I would say probably the biggest match of the first round. And I think if I take her out in the first round, I think that'd probably be the biggest upset of the tournament. However, she's an incredible competitor. Like I'm aware of, you know, what she brings to the table and I know what I bring to the table and I think really, like, the fans are really winning in this one because win or, win or lose, it's going to be the best match of the card, in my opinion. This isn't your first queen tournament, right? Queen of the Indies is this is this weekend. You competed in RevPro's Queen of the Ring tournament in 2021, made it all the way to the finals, lost to Mariah May. Uh, what What's different this year? What do you bring to the table this year that maybe you learned from past tournaments that you competed in? Well, I lost to Zoe Lucas, but honestly, Zoe had the, <laughs> I always make fun of her for it. I was like, you had the easiest run in the tournament. <laughs> she just was beating people up before they even got to the ring and just getting the quick pin. But I am, I feel like very well versed in tournaments at this point um, because it's not even just um, facing who's in front of you, which people forget you're wrestling however many matches. So, yeah, you're going in there tired. You're going in there beat up. Your mind's not always in the great state because you just got finished with one match and now you're jumping into another one. You don't really have the time to fully assess your opponent, see their strengths and weaknesses. So although, you know, we have some great competitors in there, that's like a critical piece of information that gets lost during tournaments that people don't always think about. And that can always, you know, Masha is a great competitor. Everyone there is a great competitor. But can they go three, four matches? Can they bring their best for three or four matches? That's really the big question. And I think that's what fans should keep in mind. Really, anyone can take it. 
I know you've made a couple trips out to the West Coast, but I believe this is your first appearance for for West Coast Pro, and Chris Hero is doing the matchmaking over there. So how did this, you know, being part of this tournament come together? Because you were you were more, you know, Texas area, East Coast stuff. So making the trip out to the West Coast, when I saw the name announced, I was like, oh, like great get. A little surprise of just like you don't make too many West Coast trips. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, when I saw that West Coast announced. Uh, Queen of the Indies tournament, I literally just was like putting my name in the hat. Like I didn't really fully expect myself to be in the tournament. I was like, it would just be so cool to be there. And then they contacted me and I was like, hell yeah. It was kind of like an honor because it's not like a lot of spots available, you know, and for a show of that caliber, a tournament of that caliber with talent of that caliber, it's not just girls from the United States. It's girls from, you know, Mexico, Japan. It's full encompassing. So even to be in the tournament itself is an honor and I think speaks to every woman in that tournament, what they bring to it. Okay. The I got to ask about the art of the no ring death match. <laughs> how how do you put something like that together? And like, what, what makes you want to do something like that? The no ring death match. Okay. So I did it cause it was for charity. Um, it was called, I believe like Viva La Raza. And it was the, the proceeds of the show went to abolish ice in Texas. So that's something that um, I was passionate about, like a cause that I could really get behind. And I was like, you know, I would take a light tube for that. Yes, I would do that. <laughs> and so when they asked me about it, I was like, they're like, who would be like another person that you would be interested in or would be interested in doing something like this? And my mind went to like Diamante because she's very proud Latina. And I think like that calling would speak to her as well. And it did. And we had a lot of fun. Um, I was so scared going into it because I've never taken a light tube before. And I asked um, a bunch of the guys, I was like, how does it feel like? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? They're all like, no, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> and when I hit the light tube, I could literally feel every crunch <laughs> on my head. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but like I get very queasy with blood, like, uh, not other people's blood, but like my blood will make me pass out. So um, I try to not do those kinds of matches very often because you do not want to see me pass out in the middle of the ring. But um, I was, I, I did bleed a little bit, but I was surprised that I didn't get queasy. I was like, whoa, okay, I can keep going. <laughs> but um, that's kind of how it came to be. Um, I'm not opposed to doing another one. Um but it was a lot of fun, and I thought it was for a good cause. If you take out the uh, the death match component, just make it no ring. You fight around the the space that you're in. Uh, is that something you would do again? Is that something that you found interesting, or are you more of a you know in the ring type of uh, wrestler? Um, I would say I'm more of an in ring type of wrestler. However, having no ring, I think that definitely makes you think harder. Um, what you can and cannot do. Obviously, you can't be running the ropes, right? And professional wrestling is my creative outlet. So to be challenged to put some art together 
with no ring and figuring it out. It's very challenging. I would like that challenge to to really put something together because that that would definitely, you know, fill my little artistic cup up. <laughs> How did the uh, ROH appearances come about? Because you you worked with them uh, before everything shut down. You're part of Women Women Wednesday on ROH, and then you know back doing tapings, even the recent one in, in Orlando. And how how did who contacted you for that? And how did those come about? Yeah, like, truth be honest, I didn't know that they were going to do um, Ring of Honor tapings. I didn't really know how it was going to work. And when I was contacted for it, I kind of didn't really know what it was about. Um, So I kind of ignored the email. (laughs) Because I was like, I didn't know. Like, I really, I don't know what I was thinking. I think my brain just opened the email and I was just like, oh, that's weird. And then I just kept going. And they emailed me again, like, hey, do you did you get the email? <laughs> I was like, oh, crap, this is important. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I literally gaslit myself. I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> and um, no, it was so much fun. Like, the energy in Orlando, like, that, like, studio taping environment is so cool. I feel like the crowd gets it's so much more intimate. And I really feel like the crowd just really gets into the matches. And it was so much fun. It's honestly so much fun. I love doing it. You did a little extra work with uh, WWE. Speaking of emails that I hope you answered. <laughs> 2016, you're facing Nia Jax. You're, you're at home in, in Houston. Uh, what, uh, what's, going on with, what's going on with that? How did they come about? And how was it like working with Nia at a time when they were really starting to push her as this big up-and-coming talent? It was, um, so my trainer at the time, he was like, hey, have you been watching Raw lately? And I was like, yeah, why do you ask? And he's like, well, you notice uh, Naya has been just beating up people, like extras and stuff. Would you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'd want to do it. But they're like, oh, you should contact WWE. I was like, yeah, let me just contact WWE. That sounds so easy, right? And he's like, no, here's an email message this email so i i sent this email out and i really wasn't expecting any, to get anything back it was just kind of like a shot in the dark but they ended up contacting me um and i did the extra work and the one of the referees at the time that was running the extras he kind of just lined us all up and was like you 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 and you come with me um and i wasn't selected i was the only girl there but i wasn't chosen so i was like oh, okay i guess i'm not doing anything today I go to catering, get myself like apple pie or something. As soon as I'm done eating the apple pie, naturally, that's when they come up to me and they go, oh, yeah, we need you too. And I was like, dang it. I literally just stuffed my face. (laughs) I wish I wouldn't have eaten. Um, Yeah, and I just, I talked to Naya and, you know, it was super easy. It was a lot of fun. Um, And it's a moment that will always stick with me because it's in, the Toyota Center, which is, you know, where all the events happen in Houston. It's in downtown Houston, which is in my hometown. And I remember I went out with the ref, like, I think it was during a commercial break. And he goes, look at everyone up. This is a sold out crowd. And there's millions watching at home. And he said, just take it all in. And I thought it was super cool that he just kind of took that moment to tell me that because he didn't have to do that. Um, and it was overall, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And 
even if my career doesn't take me to WWE, I really do cherish that memory because not a lot of people get that. What what are some of your goals when it comes to your career? You've you've done AW work, done WWE extra work, enhancement work, done ROH, like you've wrestled on a lot of the top independent promotions. So what are your overall goals in wrestling? Right now, um, I would say is getting to New Japan. I that's really like a promotion that I've really been able to sink my teeth into when I'm watching it. I love that style of wrestling. And for the longest time, I didn't think it was a possibility just because they weren't using women, right? If you wanted to do any kind of equivalent to that, it would just, you know, go wrestle for a Joshi promotion. That would be kind of like the, the equivalent. Um, but now they are utilizing women. They're u- utilizing the top and very best women in the world. And I want to be part of that. That's something that, you know, is is a huge bucket list item for me. And you mentioned, you know, they, they are, especially with the New Japan Strong, they got the big New Japan Strong Women's Tournament coming up. They are running more shows in America. Uh, so is it, would it just be, okay, I'm here in New Japan, America, or I believe you've been to J- Japan before, going over to Japan, working even like, like stardom, or you know they're running women's matches, Joshi matches on the New Japan cards right now as well. So is it a little bit of both, work a little in America, also go over to, to Japan and maybe work some big New Japan shows or at least some stardom shows? I want to be the IWGP Women's Champion. That's there the ultimate go. goal. That was a great headline too. Goal. I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate it you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) appreciate when it gets tossed easy headlines like that i love it i was gonna ask if there was uh someone in japan that you really want to wrestle in that division that women's division i think mercedes monet like that's the that's who everyone is like lining up to you know wrestle against so She's my ultimate opponent right now. I would love to get in the ring with Kyrie. Um, you know, I've trained with Athena before, and she told me how talented Kyrie is in the ring. She's like, watch her matches, you know, like pay attention. She's really good. And I would also love to get in the ring with her as well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Talk to us about, uh, sorry, you mentioned Kyrie and she just sent out a, a tweet um, that, I don't know if, any, if anybody saws this, it, it looks like uh, she's going through some stuff. So um, yes, best, best wishes. Best wishes to uh, Kyrie. Um, uh, sorry about that. Uh, talk to us about the motion capture when it came to, to WB2K. It was like you, Lady Frost, Trisha Dora were all part of this. Like, how did that come together? And what was that experience like? Oh, it was super cool. It's like one, of, it's so random. Like, wrestling and all of these things, just kind of like opportunities sometimes just come out of like the blue. And when they come, you just have to go all in and take it. And that was kind of the same situation where. I just got this email um, or I actually got a text message and I was like, I thought this was a scam. <laughs> this, this is my natural reaction. I'm like, this isn't real <laughs> to everything, I guess. Um, but no, I, I ended up talking to some people and they're like, no, 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 like it's legit. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, and yeah, you know, you just go to a studio, they, they hook you up, they have, you know, these little nodes all over you. Um, there was a lot of COVID testing, so you, you had to come in, masked up, million tests during the day. And um, we did some stuff for, like, the My Rise and some entrances, some little cutscenes for the game. And um, it's fun because you get to be a character that's not you, right? So they're like, oh, go be um, – Roxanne Perez. I said, got it. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, especially when you're there with, you know, some really talented girls and you can just chill and talk and get to know each other. And then when it's your turn, you go and you kill it. You mentioned Roxy, Roxanne mm-hmm. Perez, as she is now in, in NXT. Uh, you two have a very storied history. You, you've teamed together. You've worked against each other. You basically ran reality of wrestling together at one point, basically, you know, match-wise. Uh, talk to me about working with Roxanne Perez. Uh, clearly uh, someone that WWE has gotten behind and someone that you know very well in and hopefully out of the ring. Yeah. No, I, I love Roxanne, Roxy. Um, I've known her since she was 16 years old. <laughs> And I've always looked at her as, like, my little sister. Like, I really do love that girl. She's, like, my little sister. She's my best friend. Um, I've seen her, you know, go for a little baby to be the star that she is. So, And it's a lot of fun to see that. And I told her, too, um, after I did, like, the motion capture for her entrance, it just felt like such a cool full circle moment that I actually like cried afterwards. Like I teared up cause I was just so happy for her. Um, when she won the NXT women's title, I was like, Holy crap, dude. That's it. Like you're really doing, you're out here doing it, dude. And she's like, I know like this is crazy. And, uh, 
I remember her, her being, I asked her, I was like, how do you feel? And she goes, I'm just so overwhelmed right now. <laughs> but I'm just so, 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 so incredibly proud of her, not only because of how talented she is, but she's also a very humble human being. And she's a very kind human being. And like she went off and, you know, to Florida and is doing her thing, but she very much still follows like the, the indies. And she'll tell me like, oh, I watched your match. It's just, it was so good. <laughs> so I definitely miss her. I just want her to go to main roster so she can move back to Houston. <laughs> uh, I have a good update on Kyrie, and I'm going to link it all back together with this interview as well. Um, so, so this message that she sent is she wants to do more work in the United States. And it seems like she, she's putting names out there. She's putting feelers out there. And she says it's, you know, it's tough to maybe get matches and stuff. So I'm linking this back by saying she needs to come to the United States and wrestle you, uh, get yeah. whatever promotion it might be. So let's put that out in the universe. If Kyrie's going to make a tour of the United States, we need to get Kyrie against high on, on whatever promotion is willing to book it. Yeah, exactly. I just wrestled me last night. <laughs> let's do it, girl. What was that like? That, that, that I'm sure is a fun experience in some ways and a not so fun experience in, in other ways with the way she hits. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. We were the main event and it was for Texas contenders. It was so hot in that building. It was so hot in that building. Usually I have like my hair down and my, I had my hair in braids in a match, which I typically don't do. I came out like triple H put water on my head. Like I was like, it's so hot. <laughs> but Dude, we killed it. We absolutely killed it. And if anyone has the time, watch it on IWTV because that's the match that I'm very, very proud of. I came to the back, and it's so cool um, when you go to the back and your peers are clapping for you. That doesn't happen every show, and I know who I'm, who I share a locker room with, and their standard for wrestling. And to come back and they're clapping, I'm like. God, we did something right. You know, we did something right. We did, we had art out there and I'm so proud of that. Is there music or something that pumps you up before a match, a pre-match ritual that gets you going? I actually, <laughs> so I listen to my entrance music, but I use it like I have it on my phone and I never listen to it. Like when I'm jamming out or like when I'm working out, I never listen to it because I never want it to lose its effect on me. So when I go, before I go out, sometimes I'll just have my phone to my ear and it's literally just my entrance music and people will see, I'll start pacing and I'll start huffing and puffing and just getting in the zone. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Uh, we have a question here from our pal Kate. Uh, was so happy to see and review Hyan's first ROH appearance or ROH appearance. Uh, Who is the best mini golfer in wrestling is the real question. Keep doing great work. Oh, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I didn't go mini golfing with the ROH crew because I had to wait for my ride. <laughs> but everyone did go. So I'd have to ask. I'd have to ask like Frost and, and Trish. I was like, who's the best one, guys? <laughs> uh, speaking of people who hit hard, though, uh, Athena, you, you've shared the ring with her. Um, or, you know, More recently, especially when she's become you know, this version of Athena, what's it like uh, working with her, you know, in the ring and then also you know kind of coming up together as well um she's first of all i don't think athena gets enough credit for how talented she is 
not only is she just she has such a good wrestling mind and she watches all wrestling she even when she was in wwe she was following the independent so she knew what was out there and i don't think she gets enough credit for how insanely talented she is and how insanely athletic she is like that girl can move and her movements are so snappy and that's that's not so that's not very common to have that kind of movement and body control um when when i was getting ready to have like my first matches she was already signed to wwe and when i was training um at reality of wrestling her name would come up a lot because she was kind of like the big name that came out of that school um and i just wanted to be like her so badly and she's kind of a role model to me or someone that i just see like i love their career and i would love to have a career like hers um I think she deserves all her flowers and getting in the ring with her was such a great experience because there's not very a lot of women that you can get in the ring with and like truly learn from. And she's someone that you can learn from. So even if it's like a five minute match, six minute match, 10, 15, like I really think anyone who gets in the ring with her will walk away a better wrestler. The uh, the only other question I have, and I was I was not sure if I wanted to ask this. You were in an eight way match in Shimmer. Yes. How the hell do you navigate an eight an eight way match? I, we talked about the no ring, no ropes, the death match stuff, but now you're dealing with seven other bodies. It's you, Leva Bates, Ali Rex, Brandy Lauren, Brittany Blake, Indy Hartwell, Shotzi Blackheart, and Veda Scott. Veda Scott. People know these names, including yours. And how do you get through an eight way match? three-way, four-way, that's normal. Eight? Yeah. Oh, God. It is so hard. Honestly, though, Shotzi's really, really good at putting together um, these, like, crazy scramble matches. So I think it was a situation where we all looked at Shotzi and we go, so what are we doing? <laughs> um, and it's just kind of the situation when there's, like, so many people and time's limited, you just go, what's your best stuff? What's your best stuff? What's your best? Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Who can dive? All right. You dive. You dive. Do you dive? <laughs> And it was kind of like that, but it was, it was a lot. Of, I think that was like shimmer in during mania week in New York, if I'm correct. I think you are. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I, I remember that match specifically <laughs> because like Indy came out to the ring and she comes and looks me dead in my eyes and she goes, you're a bum. <laughs> and I just started <laughs> laughing. I was trying not to laugh because <laughs> she was being a heel and she just looks at me. And she goes, you're a bum. And I just tried not to lose it. <laughs> Have you had other people try to do that to you? Try to break you when you're like in the ring getting ready to start a match, like like Indy just did. Yeah, I've had people try to do that. I've done that with like uh, with Roxy, with um, Rachel Rose, with this is a bunch of people, especially when people you're really comfortable with. Um, I've actually popped some other people in the match. I remember <laughs> I was in the ring with like Mysterious Q. We we're wrestling at uh, New Texas, and he grabbed me by my hair, and I went bro, I have tracks. <laughs> and he just goes, oh, my bad, and then chopped me. <laughs> or I remember, uh, I think in that match, too, he was, like, bent down. And I was like, now or never. So I just gave him a back chop. I didn't tell him I was going to do it. <laughs> and he just looks at me, and he goes, mm. <laughs> So it's, like, it's always when you're, like, in the ring with your friends, you can be a little bit more silly and just kind of, you don't have to worry. You can be more organic. 
Love it. More of a goon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, we mentioned the Star Wars shirt off the top of, of the show. So I just got to ask your favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, so I really love episode three. Like, I know people are going to be like, oh, it's not the like original three. But, man, I really loved the prequels. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney+. Plus. Like that whole scene with Obi Wan and and Vader. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for y'all. Oh, that was in the chat are going to be very mad and they're like, "No, why are you giving out Star Wars spoilers?" I'm like, "All right, guys, it's been out for a good amount of time now." <laughs> <laughs> that was really like oh, that was so good. I've been such a huge like Star Wars fan my whole life. Same with like wrestling. <laughs> Hi, and we appreciate you joining us today. Um, people who want to support and follow, let them know where they can follow you at. Yeah, I am at underscore the high on. So underscore T-H-E-H-Y-A-N on Twitter and on Instagram, the high on T-H-E-H-Y-A-N. Give me a follow. Go. She'll be competing uh, West Coast Pro, Queen of the Indies, May 13th. It's on IWTV. Everyone can head over to IWTV, subscribe if you're not already. Watch that show. She's facing Masha Slamovich in the first round. That's going to be a great match. Right yes, there. Good luck. Best of luck against Masha Slamovich, another very intense person who take it easy on people. And again, thank you for joining us today, Haya. Best of luck uh, get in the tournament and all in your future as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Haya. Enjoy. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Oh, that was great. She was tremendous. Showed up wonderful. early too. You don't see that from wrestlers a lot. I know. Who does that? It's wonderful. <laughs> That's good stuff. I hope more I hope more wrestlers take that lead. Show up early. Come and hang out with us for a little while. So big, <laughs> big, big thanks to Hayan, who uh was gracious with her time and also uh so much fun to talk to. I felt bad. I um I mentioned Mariah May was the the opponent that beat her in the finals of the Rev Pro. It what it was Zoe Lucas. She uh she corrected me. Uh my mistake, little, little things that happen here and there. It happens. It's, it does happen. But uh, I it's funny because I, I I've seen and I really like Zoe Lucas. So I feel bad when I get it wrong because Zoe won that damn tournament. But anyway. Uh, Zoe Lucas, I don't know. I don't know, like, I, I don't keep up with, uh, you know, you said of Rep Pro UK. I don't keep up with it, like, too, too hardcore. But Zoe Lucas was a name that, like, felt very big before the pandemic. And I don't know what it was, like, coming out of the pandemic, but I haven't seen as much uh, from her. So if anybody, like, go ahead, Joel. So her partner, I believe, has been dealing with some health stuff. And okay. he's also, I think he's also a wrestler, but definitely. I think he is, too. Yeah, yeah. So they've been... Uh, yeah, so, so they've been kind of navigating through those waters. Um, I, I saw her at the summit in 2019 over SummerSlam weekend. Uh, it was an all-women's show, and it was her, and I think, was that the match that she lost to Big Swole, the Rise Championship? Anyway, uh, the long and the short of it is that was my first exposure to Zoe as well, and just a fantastic wrestler. Uh, but you're right, post-pandemic, unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of her, um, but we would love to if uh if if she's ready to go but uh, zoe lucas is great yeah uh shout out to high on but yes. by the way she was she was fantastic that was you know, pull pull the curtain back a little bit uh we wanted to get someone from queen of the indies uh because i i'm really looking forward to that show tomorrow uh, i really like what west coast pro is doing i know reg and mike picked them up on indeed um a lot of weeks so we're going to get someone on from, from Queen of the Indies so that sent out a couple feelers, and Hyan was kind enough to, to join us, very gracious with their time. So look forward to her match against uh, Masha Slamovich, and hopefully she has a, a nice run in the tournament tomorrow.
Yeah, uh, there was. It was funny when you were talking uh, and, and naming all of the promotions that Hyan's been a part of. There was one that you missed. She did Impact. Impact. Yeah, That's she was in Impact. Yeah, I did. Miss it it's okay. I I, I just laughed because uh, it, it was when they did the Dallas Texas tapings in like yeah. 2022. That was like she was all over those tapings. Unfortunately, like she hasn't been around the Impact world since. Uh, but um, clearly, she's doing really good stuff with. Uh, with Ring of Honor, they brought her back for those tapings. She's got a match. I think it'll probably air next week. Uh, and also, she's been on the show. Right? She had a proven ground match with uh, with Athena. That was really well uh, lauded and respected by by people who talk about Ring of Honor. So, good time. She was a great guest. And uh, I talked about Impact. I mentioned Impact because last night on Impact Wrestling, they uh, mentioned that at Under Siege, Trinity has an open contract match. So Trinity is basically going to spend most of her summer in Canada, which to me is hilarious, uh, with a little bit of Atlanta sprinkled in. And I guess maybe if she sticks around Bound for Glory, she'll be back in Chicago. Uh, but I'm looking forward to what Trinity's first match is going to be. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm going to spoil it, judging by the way things went on TV last night. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be Trinity and Giselle Shaw, which is something you and I talked about. Uh, I think we actually talked about it with DS as well when uh, when ds was on the show so that we're getting closer and closer to that one um what do you think trinity's first opponent being giselle shaw i mean technically her first opponent is going is kyle king's her first yeah. major event opponent you're right and i i did so they're 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 hyping it up as this is her first opponent is is whoever's at under siege Right. So I don't know if they're going to – there's, like, part of me that's, like, they're not going to air the match, but they're not promoting the match on next week's show. Yeah, they haven't done that yet. Maybe they just kind of film things out of order. I don't know how they're going to piece things together. I would imagine, based on uh, the the buzz everything got with Trinity's debut, they will air that match. Because they got another couple weeks before, before Under Siege, right? Like, they got to – yeah, they got to fill that – with something and they taped they taped a lot of stuff um at the chicago tapings i would imagine that we will we will get the trinity and kylan king match in the next uh couple of weeks on impact as far as under siege goes it does look like it'll be Giselle shaw you you were on that one when we were trying to figure out you know what they should do with trinity and you wanted undead realm stuff for for some reason and then you know i i said world title stuff and obviously she came out her first promo was and then jordan came out and diana came out uh but you said like the the person that kind of makes the most sense for her for for the big thing would be something with giselle shaw because she she's a good name good worker she's in that level of like you can beat her beat her kind of convincingly but still have a good match and it's not like an under thing like oh, okay this is just like a throwaway type of match like Jashel Shaw has been a staple of their, their television for a while now so that was a good shout and it looks like that's where they're going looking forward to that match looking forward to see how the Kylan King match looks um because it's her first match you know in basically a year uh and she she had the she was wrestling with the torn labrum uh for the last part of her WWE career she had to get surgery to get that fixed we I've seen the clips of like her finisher and everything and, and that looks good I I want to see how the full match looks so i'm very interested when when that match finally airs so i think because they while they they tape somewhat out of order they know what they're doing with impact yeah. but they, they tape the matches live and then everything backstage is not shown to the audience 
So they kind of put together the TV like that. And I, I've said this before that I actually really prefer that when it comes to impact, because then they're not spoiling the entire show, right? The, any storyline developments, those happen in real time on the TV show. The matches themselves to me are almost inconsequential in a certain way. Sometimes they build to whatever's going next, but it's mostly the backstage stuff that, that matters. Uh, so one thing that, that, the commentary was saying without giving it away was, yeah, they were, they were playing it off as if Trinity's first match will be at under siege, but because Trinity came out at the end of the main event tag match where the coven defeated Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo, that made it feel like they're going to do uh, some, they're going to do some sort of backstage thing to get us to Trinity and Kyle and King, which is a match that they did film for TV. So that's uh, that's kind of where my brain is at. They're just kind of playing it off right now as if we don't know it's happening, but we know it's going to happen. Right. right. That's fine by me. It'd be good. Impact's uh, doing well right now and Under Siege. That's a big weekend, man. That's oh, uh, Under Siege weekend. It's like Under Siege on Friday and obviously SmackDown. There's a Night of Champions on Saturday. It's in Saudi. And then that's Double or Nothing on on sunday which is always a late night because you know tony that's what i got to talk to will about i don't care about his booking plans i'm gonna tell him can you get these press conferences down to one hour please that's all i'm asking that's it that's when you that's when you praise will washington there's also the nxt battleground show on double or nothing night too i know that's it's there's a lot going on it's memorial day weekend isn't it yeah for us it's nothing because i think you know anyway um we'll see that's going to be a very packed weekend apologies Um, to my wife and kids right now because she's listening to this and i don't think she i didn't even realize how busy this weekend it's even busier because nxt is around baby i'll be i'll be in the office i'm gonna lock myself in the office for days here's a bunch of pizza you know (laughs) go crazy with the kids like she, she's the best. She she takes care of all that stuff. So I can do all of this uh, nonsense wrestling work. She she always handles that. She's the best. Hey, you know what? Mother's Day is around the corner. I wish I had a sponsor that I could uh, toss you to. But uh, for the person in your life this weekend who may be a figure, a mother, whatever it is, uh, treat them nicely. Take them take them for something or do something nice for them. It's uh, it's always nice. They don't have to be they don't have to be blood. They just have to be someone that you look to and love. Why is my, my, my cell phone provider is calling me? That's silly. Who does that? Well, they know I'm busy. If they love me, they'll give me what I want over the, over the internet. Like what, what, kind of, what kind of cell service do you have, Joel? Great cell service. Okay, what, that's what it's called? Great cell service? No, I'm with Virgin Plus, which is uh, the, the, ownership, the ownership tiers in this country are weird because you really only have three companies. You've got Bell, Rogers, and Telus. Those are the big three. And then they own different companies. I've already paid my phone bill, by the way. Uh, I'm on auto pay. I know this game. So anyway, they, they have a, a, a next tier down, which is like they're, you're not in a family plan, so we can just give you individual lines at cheaper costs. And that is Bell owns Virgin, Rogers owns Fido, and then Telus owns Kudo. So those are their three under there and then there's even below that for the prepaid slash you don't need that much but you want to pay less bell owns lucky roger owns chatter and telus owns public mobile and then there's a whole bunch of other companies all around just like what happens in the states everything's overpriced garbage jeremy 
Just come fun. to come to in the weeds for the wrestling talk. Sometimes stay for Joel breaking down the cell service providers in Canada. You know who appreciates this is our pal Doc from uh, Bleacher Report because Doc used to work in in cell phones. So, okay. so Lisa, by the way, Demon Diva, she also used to work in cell phones. So, so this is kind of a common thread with all of the uh, the wrestling media focus at one point. And then Steven Jensen used to sell yeah, cell Jensen phones did, yeah. to, to Dixie Carter's assistant when she was a TNA. So clearly we're doing something right. That, that, this is the game, apparently, is get out of the cell phone business to get into the wrestling business. Everyone needs a cell phone in wrestling. Right, so we all got phones. Some people got two phones. Some people got burner. You had a burner phone, Joel Pearl. No, I, I have several physical cell phones, but I don't have physical numbers attached to them. You should get a burner. I think like we we could all do with with a burner phone. I mean, I could technically have two sims on my phone. I can have an e sim with my number, and then get a, a physical sim with a dummy number, and run them both. That's I've done how, it when that- I travel. This is how I'm going to start getting scoops is, is have a burner phone on this. And I feel like the wife, the wife is alarmed. Do you have a burner phone? <laughs> Jeremy Lambert, do I not know about your burner phone? Uh, no, I don't have, I don't have a burner cell phone. I'd get one to like message wrestlers and be like, Hey, give me these scoops here. All right? Scoops. Did you see what Matt Black tweeted about the potential name, the reported name for CM Punk's AEW return? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Sam Punk's Jesus. The second coming. They should do that at TD Garden. <laughs> really confuse people. Are they going to have them come out to like, remember the, like the God theme from WWE, which is just yeah, the, the Brodus Clay, somebody call my mama. Let's just do that. <laughs> CM Punk's theme song when he comes back. It's got to have like the big like whole. We need SP3 to do um, like a big sermon for CM Punk to before he returns. If SP3 is still in the chat, I think he actually has a show like at 11. If SP3 is still in the chat, please let me know and, and come up with like a three minute sermon to reintroduce CM Punk and come on the show and do a sermon because his sermons with the Lakers are like the best thing in the world. Uh, so if you're still here, SP3. Come, come do a sermon to, to re-bring CM Punk back to life as the second coming of things. The Jews are very confused right now. <laughs> oh, God. I, yeah, I just read that, and I'm just like, are you really going to do this? Yeah, it's uh, – I, I don't know what they – like, you know, the, the first time they did it, it was Michael Jordan-related last dance because they had the first dance yeah. and everything. Like, that, that was – that made sense uh, with Chicago. This is also in Chicago, I believe. I don't know if do, do you do like like Blackhawks related? They got the first overall pick because the NHL's rigged and no one get punished for sexual misconduct in any sport. Um, they do you do something like like Blackhawks related of like lottery winner? I don't. Like, well, then you Patrick Kane, but then you got to do like a collision draft number one pick. Yeah, this yeah. is one of those times where you can finally be blame Will Washington. That's right. Can can you do like I mean, Patrick Game was like the sh- the Showtime Blackhawks, the Bears, the Bears are. I mean, you don't want to step on Seth Rollins' uh, toes there. That might get into some trouble. The Bears are 
sort of there. It feels like they could have done something better than second coming with uh, with being back in Chicago. And a lot of history in Chicago. And the Cubs? What about just the curse? What if they called the show The Curse? <laughs> yeah, the, the end of the curse. The, the finish. Yeah. Uh, it feels like this is one of those this might become one of those stories where it's like it was pitched in a room full of people. We all laughed and then we moved on. Like, I don't, maybe it's going to happen. Who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't go with it. And they're just like, no, nah, we were just joshing around. Da, 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 da. But at the same time, like if they do it, I'm going to sit here and be like, come on, really? This is, come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's the savior, right? The voice of the voiceless. Remember when he... Someone called him the second city savior, and they were just like, exactly. oh, no, I'm saying like someone in the back, like, oh, yeah, we call him that, so we should call it the second coming. And I was like, nobody calls him the second city savior in AEW. <laughs> this is not something we've ever called him. I know the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, by the way. I know the curse is like, ended. Uh, I think that's why Joel, if he is up to the Cubs. I am aware. Work. Yes, I am aware yeah. of our, our Robert O'Neill was great for that news. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, you know, why he, he said like the end of the curse type of things. Uh, I was just the curse is obviously a, a big, a big thing before they won the World Series. Uh, you can play off a lot of Chicago things. Couldn't do better than remember when he was like the the um, in WWE when he led like Gallows and Deeb and all them, and he had like the the red spots on his taped hands. Oh yeah. And it was to like signify like that he had been nailed to the cross. The type cross of thing. Uh, oh, you know, he's, he's done this, uh, these type of references before. So I guess it makes sense. Stigmata. I don't know why we're doing this. Oh, we got a super chat from Amanda Savage, or pal, saying throwing pizza behind me and locking in the office is my exact move too. We have those family tees too, Joel. Keep up the great work, you two. This this T-shirt, by the way, it's a send food pics. This is uh, Ben Tull, who is a wrestler out of uh, Montreal. You should uh, you should support Canadian wrestlers. But uh, we appreciate you, Amanda. Good luck this weekend with uh, with all the wrestling, or I guess it's two weeks from now with all the wrestling, and just just throw the pizza at uh, at the family and just be like. Yeah, bye. And then just run. That's what I'm going to do. My baby will be very confused or excited. Uh, they, everyone likes pizza, right? Like My, like my kid, for the first time, really tried pizza that we had uh, on Friday when we were in Calgary. Kid was just, just stripping it and eating it like it was nothing. We had pizza again on Monday uh, at, my, at my brother's place in Calgary. Same thing, just stripping it and eating it, loving every minute of it. So, yeah, everyone loves pizza. Unless you're allergic to it, that, that kind of sucks. I mean that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. What's what's a good pizza chain in in Canada that you really none enjoy? None, uh, of none of them. There's <laughs> oh my god, what's the one from Vancouver that made their way here? They were really good for a while, but I forget who they are. Pizza Pizza is like the lowest of the low, but it's, it's so like Little Caesars, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is, and it's in in so far that they they used to do the thing and they said Pizza Pizza, right? I heard the dog. Uh, so clearly the dog wants the pizza too. I get it. So, wow. Where's the, the, the pizza? She's a little yapper. Yeah. Where, where's the pizza? There hold it on. is again. I got it. Hold on. <laughs> this is great. We got a dog run in here. Hold okay. on. Okay. We got a Okay. Let's go. 
we got a dog running, which means that clearly the show is off the rails. We're going to talk about Don Callis and the AEW stuff uh, and Dynamite in a few minutes, but uh, just as we're kind of wrapping up this chat and hitting our, our, our moments. Good Pizza from Canada. I'm trying to remember the name of this place in Vancouver. There's a pup. Let's go. This is the infamous Cody. Are we here to finish the story? Yeah, this is Cody, for those that don't know. Uh, we have another dog named Brandy that was not planned at <laughs> all. Um, but so This is Cody yapping away, looking like a mangled mess. He's been my pal this week as I, I visit my parents. Uh, a little annoying little thing, but everyone say hi to Cody. We usually have cat run-ins on this show. It's the first time I feel like we've had a, a dog run-in. So we got to get on the balance here. To, to prove we're not just cat people, Joel. We don't want to be accused of that. Are you not cat people? I like cats. You know, we have a cat at, at the, the the home in Ohio, but we have dogs here at the, the home in North Carolina. Do they fight? The cat, they don't interact. They've never met each other. <laughs> can we can we get this on camera? A, a cat? Why are, you want the, why are you trying to... People go to jail for this. They get kicked out of the NFL for this, Joel. What are we doing? Sounds like their problem. <laughs> this is killing me. I'm trying to remember the name of this franchise from, from this, this Vancouver pizza place that we order from and like. But clearly, it all there. clearly, we're just done. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we used to order Pizza Pizza or Pizza Hut, I should say. Everyone, everyone has Pizza Hut, and uh, yeah, Pizza Hut's good. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like, if you just need quick pizza and everything, I don't mm-hmm. mind Pizza Hut. Um, Little Caesars is is not good, but it's cheap, and so I don't mind getting it because of the price. Uh, but it's not something that I'm like, oh yeah, let's get this every weekend. Adrenaline <laughs> in his bowl, something, something. Cody's bone. That's good. I like that's it. a good one. Shout out, Louis. Good job. So Smash Wrestling announced that they're doing an all women's show. Uh, it's going to be when they're also doing a Defy and, and Progress show uh, that that afternoon. So. The, the this is June twenty fifth at the Toronto Rec Room, which also happens to be Forbidden Door, isn't it? Uh, it's the day before, isn't it? Isn't Forbidden nope. Door? Okay. Nope. It's the same day. Oh, it's just the evening, so it's just the so, afternoon. Eleven a.m. is going to be Smash yeah. and Femme Fatale, which is a, a Canadian all women's league uh, Femme Fatale, and then three p.m. Define Progress are doing a show, and it's at the Rec Room. It's five minutes. This is an unsolicited plug, by the way. Five minutes from Scotiabank Arena, where Forbidden Door will be happening. They've announced that uh, they're going to have Masha Slamovich there. Uh, they just announced Nicole Matthews is there. So there's going to be a whole stacked group of people joining this show. Uh, Vanessa Craven is there. So there's there's some good stuff coming this way. I'm excited for that. Shout out to uh, Rev Pro. They're doing a big show at Copperbox um, before right. All In. Like that's Rev Pro has been doing some, some really good stuff, too. They... You know, Yoda Suji was there. That was basically where his excursion was. And now Yoda Suji is about to challenge for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. And like Rev Pro really got him prepared for that. So Rev Pro has been quietly doing doing some good stuff while, you know, like progress sort of gets the headlines because sure. Because progress. Yeah, yeah. No, but Rev Pro, you're right. They've been, they've been coming up a long way. Someone posted a, a, a photo of the copper box just being like, can't believe this is we're going to fill this place. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's big news. I'm really excited for them. Listen, when wrestling succeeds, that's good news. That's all we want, really. Um, what, what's your what's your go to pizza place? I forgot to ask you. Oh, there's a place in Ohio called Giannino's that is is really good, and we have that 
at least like twice a month because um, we do pizza weekend every weekend. So we'll just every single weekend we order pizza um, and it, it changes where we get it from. But at least twice a, a month we get Chininos um, and that's really good. They got good, good wings as well. Uh, those are good. Um, and they, they got these these things called Jojo's, which are like giant French fried potatoes, which are which are good. So Gianino's is uh, what we have. Okay, we we got we got a special guest here. All right, let's go. Yeah. You mentioned the the second coming, CM Punk returning. So people know this man as the he he was co-hosting this show with me a week ago. He co-hosted the show with me on Monday. On Tuesdays we talk about basketball, but Tuesdays we start off every show with. A welcoming to church, welcoming our community at FMC to what's the the experience they are about to experience. Uh, good, good, that good is job. how. Yes, that that is how we uh, we start on Tuesdays, and he is here, and he's going to welcome back CM Punk as AEW Collision begins in about a month or so. He is preacher, Reverend SP three. How are you, sir? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the IWC, the Indoese Church. We are here on a special day. It is a special day because the prophet Isaiah is not giving me predictions on the NBA playoffs. The prophet David of the Meltzer has put out the prediction. He has put out the prophecy. That the second coming is coming. Joel, Joel, Jeremy, it's coming. He's coming. Because you know what they say, Joel and Jeremy, in the Wee's community. They say that anger, anger, people talk about it like it's a sin. But you know what God says in the Bible? Says that anger is a God-given emotion. So it is okay for Brooks of the Phillips from the Midwest to, to, to speak in anger. He can speak in anger. He is tired. He is tired of dealing with the children. He just wants to eat some muffins. He just wants to be straight edge. He just loves the professional, the wrestling. He just loves it. And when it comes to the professional, the wrestling, he is the Austin Reeves of the professional, the wrestling. He is him, him. So I got a hymn for you today. And ironically enough, it is for the second coming. And it comes from another great Chicagoan. Jesus walk. God show me the way because the devil's trying to keep me down. Jesus walk with me, with me, with me, with me, with me. You know what the Midwest is? Young and restless and wrestlers. Elite try to snatch your necklace and wrench the elite try to jack your Lexus. Somebody tell me he's elite. Who Kanye West is? I walk through the valley of the shy where the death is. Top floor. Alone will leave you breathless. <gasps> Try to catch you. <gasps> it's kind of hard getting choked up by detectives. Yeah, yeah. Now check the method. They be asking us questions. Harass it, arrest us. Saying we eat pieces of <gasps> like you for breakfast, huh? Jesus walks the second coming. We didn't land on the United Center. The United Center landed on us. 
feel about the Bronx is coming back. The second coming is here. First dance was in the same place, and the second coming is coming. They told, they told the apostles, they told the apostles that 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 Jesus was coming on the third day, and that didn't stop Peter from saying they denied. He denied Jesus three times. He told him, he told him before he left, he was going to deny him three times, and he did. Just like he told Matt Jackson, he was he was like, "I'm coming back, bro." He was like. Punch him in the face. I was like, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be here. This is, that's for Larry. Bite you on your neck like Ace, like Stay Sting. We up in this place. Second coming. Second coming, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't land on the AEW. AEW landed on us. Philip Other Brooks is coming back. The second coming is here. We are all here for the second coming. AEW collision. Getting, getting AEW a billion dollars. This man equals money, and he equals the second coming. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Jeremy and Joel, for, for allowing me to spread the good word of Philip of the Books. Oh, Crazy. my God. It, kill, it killed me on the Kanye transition. That, that absolutely got me. Drake Jones with the Super Chat saying, I'll be Deacon Batista for SP3. We welcome it. Oh my God. That was that was a plus. We gotta clip that. That's that's it. It's gotta go. It's gotta it's gotta make it on every single social that you can imagine. That was wow. Oh my god, SP3 is so good. It's so 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 good. Look, if you love that sermon from SP3, every every Tuesday he's delivering sermons on fmc it's it's about about the lakers and he's he goes for 10 minutes on those things he probably could have gone longer i was like can you do like three like three or four minutes he uh sp3 is the best man the absolute best shout out shout out to him i i don't think he was watching when i asked but i shot him a message i was like hey can you you undo this he's like yeah and he he buttoned up his shirt too nailed it Perfect. I mean, Kai in the chat just being like transition from sermon to praise to worship back to sermon is something pastors wish it's they could accomplish. So good. It's so good. Oh, oh my man. God. That was. Oh. Wow. <laughs> anyway, Don Callis turned on the <laughs> What a transition there, Joel. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, this, so yeah, we kind of talked about the top of the show. We were like, Hey, what's going to happen? What is Don Callis going to do in this match? And, um, I had said, I don't know if I said the Don would turn, but I certainly said that something's going to happen with Don that pushes this feud forward. Um, and clearly we've done that and we've opened the door to a lot well, maybe the forbidden door to a lot of different options and opportunities for BCC and the elite. And the story wasn't getting stale, but it was certainly ready to advance. And this was the right move. Uh, what do you think, first of all, the cage match? I know you talked about it with Steven Jensen over on the spotlight on the main channel yesterday. Um, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts. And maybe you 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 know had a little bit more time to ruminate with what's going on between BCC, the Elite, and Don Callis. As far as the match goes, they did... You know, I expected them to pull out all the stops. I said it on the show. I was like, the, the lasting memory was the exploding dud. Um, and so I thought that the match itself was going to be something to where, okay, now this is the lasting memory match. And they did that. The, the fish hooking with the turnbuckle was something that 
was amazing. I saw the photoshops, which were great. Um, the, you know, Moxley bled, of course there, there was the barbed wire steel chair, uh, the V trigger through the cage one that looked awesome Two, I thought Omega tore everything in his That's- leg, the way he got, got caught up on that. I'm very thankful. He's okay off of that. Cause the way he f- landed there did not look great. Uh, but I'm, I'm very glad he's okay. It was awesome. Awesome V trigger though. You know how much I love V trigger. Uh, like that was great. You know, they had the glass room. The match itself stood on its own. And then the turn, yeah, I didn't I didn't really see it coming. We, we talked about Don Callis getting involved, and I didn't think they were gonna do too much of that. I kind of just thought, like, hey, I'm a straight match. I feel whoever wins this, uh, it will be a battle win, and then whoever loses will probably go on to win the war. And I still kind of feel that way. Now that you know Omega has won this match, that was a good battle win for Omega. And now I think the elite will probably end up winning the war. What are your thoughts on on the turn? Because I gave my mind a little bit on, on the spotlight, but I don't I don't know yours, Joel. So I I I expected the Don Callis turn, not in a bad way, not in a oh it's going to happen, but more like a this is the time to pull the trigger, this is the time for him to do it, and it will make sense and it will be good. Um, I've said it. I. I retweeted it since april the, the april tweet that i had was the call is coming from inside the house don working with bcc it always felt that way to me uh and now they didn't implicitly say that he is but the danielson response the big smiles and the laughter almost made it seem like they're working together or maybe danielson was just kind of say, trying to say like ah, i knew this guy was a piece of shit and that's all that is uh, but we'll, we'll see how they kind of play out the story that being said um the match was great my only gripe was that if you were watching on traditional tv you didn't see the turnbuckle like being undone yeah. right if you're watching it on fight you're like you're getting all this, the the spots i was watching it on uh, not on fight plus this particular week and I was confused for a minute. I had to, I had to rewind my, uh, my, my video. I was like, wait, when did the turnbuckle cut? Like when did the ropes, what happened? So I was a little confused that that part could have been done better, but honestly, like of all the things that could have happened in that match that I can complain about, let that be the worst. Um, no match was solid. It was fun. Um, it wasn't too much for me in terms of the blood and the gore and stuff. Um, there wasn't much, there, there was blood, but it wasn't like over the top. Yeah. Uh, and and like you said, when Kenny hit that V trigger through the cage, oh God, the way that he landed, the first thing I thought was that's not good. Um, I thought his tore is growing. No. I, I thought his his knee. I thought it was going to be like his leg just done, but um, clearly seemingly okay. No one's told us otherwise that that he's bang. He clearly banged up because a cage match will do that to you but hopefully that's all it is and you can just you know take a few days off and get through it and that's it um now what do you do listen up until this point so many people were talking about you bring back kota abushi you start where, where does Takeshita fall because he came in because of dawn um kota abushi there was a, a, a comment from him that he's kind of squashed his beef with new japan pro wrestling and that there's a possibility of working together on the table again. Does that mean that he comes in as a new Japan talent for forbidden door? Does that mean that is there still opportunity for him to work with AEW? and on what side of the fence does he work um, from a professional setting, not from a kayfabe setting. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where that falls. Uh, and with Takeshita, honestly, I'd love to see him just side with Don and I'd love to see him be a heel, be a big badass looking guy who, 
just heals it up with the Black Bull Combat Club. Why not? So a lot of a lot of praise for this particular match and for what can come next. It's up to them to tell the story. Do you think that uh, the Double or Nothing match is going to be a new stipulation or is it going to be something that they've done before, like Anarchy in the Arena? I, I, I'm very coming around to the idea that they have something new for this. And I don't know what it is, but you have a lot of creative minds in just in this little conglomerate here, but also just in AEW in general. Uh, you got a lot of creative minds, and I feel like they they're going to want to do something new when it comes to to this style of match for this particular feud. That's that's my feeling. Again, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't even know who's going to be involved in it right now because right now you have a four on four. You've got Omega Bucks Hangman. Hangman's coming back at some point. Um, we don't know when, but he still has a little bit of unresolved stuff between the Bucks and Omega. You know, Don basically tried to set him up when it came to Omega. And, you know, Hangman can basically say, like, I knew that guy was always a piece of shit. Like, why, you know, why, why'd you ever kind of trust him? So there's a lot of unresolved stuff with, with them, um, with the elite section of this. Blackpool, they're solid. They're, they're strong right now. But you got your four, Brian, Mox, Claudio, Yuta. Uh, Do you add in Abushi? To the elite side can you do that in two weeks for forbidden door it feels like that's a they got the long-term history there it's not that hey there's no history who is this guy bringing him in they might need to run a video package uh for some people who are gonna you know inevitably be like who's koto abushi but to bring him in like two weeks and be like okay you're part of this it feels like that should not simmer it feels like it's simmered it feels like that should cook a little bit more Though it doesn't feel like Abushi's here, let's do the match. It feels like you should do a little bit more on that. And then Takeshi, I said this on Spotlight, but I think Takeshi is the most fascinating person in this right now. Because where where is he on this? He was recruited by Don and a little bit by Omega at the very beginning. But more Don. Don really pushed for it and everything. And then... he had the relationship with Danielson during the MJF feud. Then he was brought out by Don to save Omega. Omega was looking sideways on that. Like, Hey, what's, what's going on here? Is this guy with us? Is this guy again? Like what's happening here? Takeshi never hit Danielson during that. Just stood between them. Kind of ran off the other Blackpool combat club members, but just never touched Danielson or anything. So where, where does he fall in this? Does Don, bring him to Blackpool. I don't think Don's fully like with Blackpool, by the way. I think he's a man on, on an island right now and kind of maybe maybe he goes with Bullet Club and, and Jay White type of thing. Maybe he just maybe he starts his own group with Takeshka. And you know Takeshka is the centerpiece of that of like Kenny Omega's old. He's broken down old news. He ain't he ain't I can't ride that horse much longer. This guy, this guy here is young. He's fresh. All the same qualities as Kenny Omega. Just needs the guidance. And I'm here to guide him. So he just aligns with Takeshka in that way. Does Takeshka feel bad for Omega of like, this piece of shit Don Callis turned on you. I want to be friends with you guys. Help you guys. Does Danielson get in his ear and is like, look at all this instability, this infighting over here. I see. I always saw something in you. 
come be a professional. Look how look how solid we are. Look how strong we are. We can train you. We can build you. We can maximize your potential. I'm very interested where he goes in all of this because I think you can. I just laid out three different scenarios, and I think all of them make some type of sense depending on what story they want to tell. Okay, Don Callis buys the Mogul affiliates. Stop. <laughs> okay, fine. Stop. Uh, no, I, I get it. Um, the Takeshita stuff really is interesting like you said there are so many ways you can go with it um don not being the bcc new guy i get that um there's maybe a bigger story in kenny and don i wouldn't be surprised at one point if they do one of those uh if i beat so and so i get five minutes alone in the ring with don type of scenarios like they used to do in the 80s um you know you do that with with heenan you do that with Cornette. that's uh, that's an old school trope that you can go to that Honestly, I think a lot of people would like to see because Don Callis getting the, the, the shit beat out of him is is entertaining in a lot of ways. And also the, the idea of the heels cheating to protect Don for whatever reason that they come up with is, is another thing that you could do with it. Um, the idea that Ryan posits in the chat about Don being Don wants to be part of BCC and bringing into Keshta is his way in. It's like the stonecutters, right? You know, son of a member. And that's your, he's bringing in Takeshita as his son. And so he's going to say, hey, let's go. Can I join now? That's another opportunity that's on the table. Um, again, I like that there's such a, a, such an emphasis on what's coming next, not just what's coming around the corner. There is a long-term story at play, which is great. Uh, and, and it's being played out pretty effectively. Um, final thing about this. Steven Jensen mentioned that as much as he enjoys these different ideas for matches that are coming out, um, he had mentioned that he doesn't love the one fall to a finish stipulation matches in multi-person matches. Um, First of all, how do you feel about that? And second of all, do you think that this particular feud would benefit from an elimination style match where someone has to get pinned to be out of the match instead of it's one fall to a finish. And you got to wait until everyone's in the ring together, a la war games as it is now in WWE. I think it's more impactful if guys get beat, because if you're, if you're looking at the four right now, you're just looking at the, or the four on each side. So the eight total, if you're looking at that and you're doing one fall, it's like, will or you can take this loss here? Like, okay. What maybe maybe a buck can take a loss if, if you're looking at the other side. It's like okay, like that's fine. If you gotta like beat a Brian Danielson, if you gotta beat a John Moxley, if you gotta beat a Kenny Omega, you gotta beat Hangman Page, like those are impactful victories. And it sets stuff up too. Like, let's say what if Yuda gets a pin over Kenny Omega? If you can set up a Yuda and Omega singles match out of that what if danielson pinning omega omega pinning danielson they're gonna do that rematch at some point like this is a way to hey you got the pinfall over me and this eliminated me caused me to where i could not help my team anymore let's let's do do a singles match you can set up a lot of singles matches and even tag team stuff if you have depending on the layout and the structure of this elimination match. Now, maybe they don't want to extend this, the feud past whatever this elimination match is. And so, okay, then they, they don't want to do it that way because that would be, that would be a way to prolong things. But I do think there is a purpose to elimination matches. And I understand 
what that is. Uh, and I understand why you would want to, to go with that. I actually think I like the one fall to the finish on the blow off stuff because I think you can tell stories out of that. I actually like elimination matches if you're not going to blow off the story because then you get the stories out of that that continues the feud between the two sides. Then you just go one fall to a finish because otherwise you can do the, let's say Blackpool gets like a three on one advantage type of thing. You know, does Kenny Omega fight back off of that? Um, you can, you can build all extra stories off of elimination matches where if it's one fall, it seems very definitive of a one fall. That's it. One game. It's, it's sort of like uh, to use a, a sports analogy here is, you know, the NBA NHL playoffs is, is best of seven, right? So you can have a bad game and then you can come back, respond next game and, and see what happens there. Super Bowl, it's one game. You, you got to play your absolute best this single game to to pick up the victory here. You got you have a bad game, that's it. You don't get another shot in game two. So it's very definitive if it's a, sort of a one-fall scenario, where if it's elimination, it's like, okay, that guy was, he had an off night. He had rough night on there. We got other members of the team. We can still fight back off of this. One fall, that's it. I'm going to go all the way back. You mentioned who could take the pin. Let's say it is a single fall match. Yuta takes the pin. Let's say Takeshita comes in and he is part of Blackpool Combat Club because of Don, the Stonecutters idea that I jokingly kind of said. Let's say let's say Takeshita joins joins this and becomes five on five. Yuta eats the pin. Takeshita being the low man on the totem pole, and Don can start planting those seeds of doubt. And you start at Takeshita and Yuta kind of inner view because as strong as Blackpool is right now, you can start to kind of break them up uh, or at least, or at least cause some dissension to the point where maybe this all turns way around. I'm not saying in weeks, but I'm saying in months you turn it around and you have Don rejoin the elite with Takeshita and be like, this was the plan all along. You thought your plan was to have me turn on Kenny. Nope. Kenny and I have been through so much together that we know, and we we took you out from the inside. And it starts with the Takeshita and Yuta feud. Takeshita kind of rises up the ranks. Yuta is casted out or at least treated like nothing. You could do a story like that where very slowly the Blackpool Comic Club, who are heels and are in it, eventually they're going to be in it for themselves. They turn on each other, and that's it. And then Don and Takeshita go back to the elite, and they're just like, we did it. You know, we we vanquished these these people, these jerks. I think you got to be very careful with a story like that, especially after the way Callus turned on Omega. Uh, you know, he did whisper something to him, kiss him, and then shove him down instead of hit him with the screwdriver again at the end of the show. I think you got to be careful with a story like that because that can heal the elite a little bit of like why. Why did you go through all of this? Like this looks shitty to Blackpool Combat Club that you would now effectively kick out Will or Yuta, and when you know people kind of like Yuta, I understand that Blackpool is the is the babyface right now. Don Callis is such like a smarmy, slimy person. But this that- is redemption. That's the idea. Is that eventually it becomes Don's redemption? He is slimy. He is gross. 
But if this can become his redemption, then there's at least something at play. I'm I'm still fleshing it out of my head, but the idea Why? is this okay. goes for a while. It would definitely have to go for a while. It's definitely not something after that impactful turn. They can't just immediately kind of go back to oh, we were just going to break you down from the inside type right. of things. Yeah, I think my issue with that is that could be that could have been accomplished in a different way of just. Takeshi could have just joined Blackpool Combat Club, and then it could have just come out that Don was working with Takeshka type of thing. And Takeshka could have hit Don Callis in that to, to be like, oh, see, like they're not working together. It would Don turning on Kenny is a very impactful moment given their history, their their relationship, Kenny's trust issues and everything. Don Callis being Don Callis, that was a very impactful moment. Like you can't afford whatever the follow-up is that's got to hit as well. And I don't know if, Hey, I'm going to bring Takeshka over here and we're going to break it down from the inside because that story has got to be very intricate too. It can't just be, Hey, Yuda is out of here. Like it, it it's got, that's got to be a very intricate story. I'm not like fully mad at it or anything. I think they could, potentially pull it off i think it might be a little tough though are you listening will washington (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I hear what you're saying again this is just right off top my dome and there's uh there there is a lot of story to tell i was gonna reference one more thing the the turn was really well done on tv big props to tony shivani because he yelled and screamed his way through it in a way that wasn't grating it was good storytelling and I liked that. One thing that I didn't like with the turn is that um, you did kind of have to know about how long Don and Kenny have been together in certain ways, like in, through the New Japan stuff. Uh. Um, I, and again, th- this is very nitpicky. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is like make or break, um, but it would be nice to, for them to maybe detail the history of Don and Kenny a little bit next week on Dynamite. Show me something because if I'm if I'm only watching AEW exclusively, I'm re- recently getting into it. Show me why this is such a big moment for Kenny and Wait, for John. Yes, and that's something you do in the follow up. That's not anything that they could have handled right. this this past show because you're not going to do a big video package of look how much Don and Kenny mean to each other because that telegraphs the turn a little bit too much like so you can't do it then that's something you do in the follow-up and i hope they do some type of like follow-up of the history but if you've been watching aew you've seen enough you've heard enough about the relationship i mean if you've just been following aew it doesn't even have to be from the start because don came in during the pandemic stuff basically since don has come in during the pandemic and helped kenny win the title from uh from moxley like if you've been following just Don and Kenny since then, you know enough about their history to to why that reason or why that turn was, was so impactful. Can they do a video package like type follow up? Yeah, I think that would be helpful um, to to really hammer or screw screw that home uh, to to really get that get that point across even further. And that also keeps Kenny because this is something that um, this is something that I think AEW sometimes has a little bit of an issue from is they don't always do the best of job reminding fans what did happen the the following or the, the previous week. 
It's just like, oh, we just kind of moved on from this. So this would be a good reminder of what happened with the video package. And it can keep guys off television for the week as well, too. Uh, like, you don't need Kenny Omega back on TV th- this week. Let him have the week off. He's so hurt from doubt, from Callus's betrayal. He, he doesn't appear this week. You can still have Blackpool do a com- uh, promo. I imagine they'll still be on the show. But do the Don Callis video package uh, type, type of thing. Callus Omega history video package. Because I do like when they they follow up with, with some. And they've gotten better about this. But they follow up from the previous week. And they make that stuff feel like a big deal. This was a huge issue I had when Omega won the title. Is like he won the title and like he had the, the helicopter entrance and everything, but it was like middle of the show type things. Like this doesn't feel like a bigger deal as it as it should. Um, so I would like if if we did get, I like I like a video package idea. I wish that uh, when they showed that Don Callis running through the back after the screw, being like, "I'll tell my story on Impact Wrestling tomorrow night." They did that though. I know that. well, that's the callback. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. But then he doesn't show up on Impact. And then what if he just showed up on, what if he actually did do a pre-tape for Impact? He did that. He said, I'll tell my story tomorrow night on Impact. He did a pre-tape for Impact. And he's like, you know what? These Impact fans, you don't deserve this story. I'll tell my story in two hours on New Japan on Access TV. And you <laughs> plug that show. And you start off and you start off New Japan Access. You know what? These New Japan fans on a taped show, they don't deserve my story. I'll tell them on Rampage at, I guess it's Saturday at 10 o'clock. And then you start off Rampage. It's like, you know what? These Saturday Rampage fans, they don't deserve this story. I guess you could have done ROH too. Could have done, uh, maybe that's why you should have started with ROH, gone on to Impact, gone on to New Japan, Rampage, and I guess the next show would be dynamite and then you actually do get the the dynamite story because there's no dark dark elevation anymore so you couldn't plug those hey unless you can get wwe in it like i'll tell my story on smackdown i'll tell them on raw and then raw and smackdown air a don Callis video package which would uh be something else this all just leads to don being like he keeps he keeps stringing this along until he says i'll be on instagram live sunday may 21st from the Carroll County AC Center, where I will be appearing at the Baltimore Celeb Fest. I will, I will discuss my reasons why only at this event. By the way, $5 admission. What if he did it on Hey EW? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> just RJ City cowering in fear. Just not cowering in fear. Just like totally confused. Just yeah. watching it and trying to ask his silly questions. And, and if, if there's one thing Don's great at, it's answering everything in kayfabe for his own yes. benefit. oh yeah shout out impact press pass once upon a time <laughs> during the pandemic <laughs> those oh my gosh those were those were something else yes callous would kayfabe the hell oh my out God. of rj that would honestly be a great interview to see just how rj like responds to that kind of stuff because oh, most of the people who go on there like they'll they'll give rj something they'll they'll banter about play with the play with them a little bit Don kayfabing everything and give him a damn thing. Just talking about screwing over Kenny Omega and Winnipeg and how he founded the Bullet Club and all this stuff. RJ just, just feeling, I don't know Canadian references, but trying to ask about, give me a Canadian reference, Joel. You're Canadian. Just going to talk about Tim Hortons and Corner Gas. Corner Gas. Trying to, yeah. 
That's uh, that's the extent. That's all I got for you is corner gas. It's all because that one time where you had to do a bunch of uh, interview transcriptions while Sean interviewed the Corner Gas cast, the animated show. Bret Hart was like part of that. He was. Right? That's how the Bret interview came up. And they were like, yeah, we'll talk about wrestling. And then Sean ended up asking Bret about wrestling for a solid hour. And Bret was like, okay. There was that. And like Lance Storm had referenced it before um, yep. when, when I was him. So yeah, I think that's actually where my knowledge comes from is Lance Storm. Had, had referenced it and i'm like sure that sounds like a canadian thing that has happened i believe you no yeah. idea what that show's about by the way no idea and, and neither, neither do they it's literally it's like canadian seinfeld but it has a bit of a plot uh it, it's it's a little sleepy town in saskatchewan that called dog river and uh someone owns a, a the main character owns a gas station and convenience store the girl next door who moved there from toronto from a busy busy town owns her aunt's old diner called the ruby and she now runs it and then there's all the cast characters the police are there and the it's honestly it's kind of a funny show like it has its moments but uh yeah don't expect uh don't expect emmy award-winning quality out of this poutine rj city is gonna ask about the poutine no serpentico has to talk about poutine with uh with rj city because he decided to completely melt down all Canadians when he said that the good poutine is in Orlando. True. I hate Serpentico. Why? What do you ever do to what? you? Well, I mean, we had our interview. That was that was, was great. We shook hands at the end of it. Squashed our beef. Code of honor. We did. Yeah, that's right. I won that match. Mm-hmm. He also won the match that night. That's weird. Serpentico winning a match. Yeah, that's that's very strange. Very strange. Wow, I was there for that. And it was also RJ City's last match. Uh, or at least last match to date. What else from Dynamite was there to talk about? I mean, it was a pretty loaded show. Uh, Mark Briscoe coming out. He's going to be a guest referee for Jarrett and Lethal versus FTR, double or nothing. Uh, this is a match. <laughs> I mean, it's a match. Yes. It's happening. Other than that, I'm like, I, 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 listen, I love making fun of the Jeff Jarrett thing and how it makes people upset. Jarrett continues to work. I can't complain. Jarrett and Lethal making a tag title run again. Not super keen on that. Uh, what did you think of this? With and we're now including Mark Briscoe, who's going to be a referee for this particular match, double or nothing. What, what did what did you make of this whole thing? And Mark's been included because his his first AW match was against Jay Lethal. They got a long history and everything. So and obviously the trilogy with FTR last year. So Mark's kind of always been in the middle. I think it makes sense to have him as a special guest referee for this. He's going to have a choice to make at some point during the match. Um, I imagine he'll try to call it down the middle. I imagine FTR will win because lethal and Jarrett, he'll get tired of their antics. He'll see through their antics and then he'll not help FTR win, but FTR wins, he counts the pinfall. that be that. I imagine that's how this match is going to go. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal should win. Could you imagine? Oh my God. He just turned. Why not? Have Mark Briscoe turn heel. And be like, no, no, no! I don't need more Briscoe turning heel. I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that at all. What I do want is they cheat behind Mark's back, and then Mark just isn't privy to it. He just doesn't see it, and then he just counts the pinfall like any other ref would do. He's like, "What? Oh, what happened? Okay, there's the pinfall. Okay, I'm gonna count that." And it's like, I didn't, I didn't see it. What do you, what do you want me to do? And he just plays it down the middle, and then we got to do another rematch at what Forbidden Door. 
no, no other rematch. FTR can go to ROH and, and do matches over there with the, the Lucha Bros, whatever well, they're I'm, going to do. We've got to do FTR versus Aussie Open at Forbidden yeah. Door in June. Does FTR need the AEW World Tag Titles for that match? No, but they'll have them. <laughs> All right, just making sure. What if it's Jarrett and Lethal who are the tag champs and they face another team? Like Good. Good. I want Jarrett and Lethal to be on Forbidden Door and in a prominent spot. I mean, Jarrett and Lethal against Yano and Okada. Let's That's the go. match. Let's chaos go. duo Yano and Okada. That's the match that I want. Speaking of chaos, Bandito and Best Friends in that House of Black uh, open house match. Um, I was surprised that there were no finger sandwiches and, and little uh, trinkets being passed around. Matt Hardy didn't cater this one, that's for it's sure. true. There was no Bojangles in any of these things. Yeah. Uh, match was fine. I actually really liked the presentation. I liked that they, they turned lights down. They had the uh, the spookiness going on, but it wasn't too spooky or over the top. Um, one thing I didn't really like was they're trying to play off the idea of you the, the other team gets one stipulation that they get to pick, and they kind of made best friends who are normally a little comedy team. They made them look a little stupid. They almost like undervalued the extra, you know, little advantage that they get. They were taken off guard. They played it off as if they were never told. And then you have one of them being like, Oh, uh, no, no spooky witches. Uh, she just had her match. No spooky witches at ringside. And it felt a little, you know, underplayed a little jokey. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was a little like, we could have played that a little bit stronger in my opinion. Uh, what do you think of the match? What do you think of the, uh, the stipulation? I didn't know about that stipulation until it was said. I think Buddy Matthews like clarified it on Twitter, yes. but yeah. you know Chuck and Trent are actually on Twitter, so they don't have an excuse. Uh, they should have seen that and been online for that. But when the, this open house thing was first announced, I was like, it's, it's, sure, this is a thing. Um, I mean, now nobody should be caught off guard by it. So the next team that decides to go through the open house door why don't people just pick a stipulation where like they win? Like no matter what happens, we win. That's the stipulation. Like we only need a one count and you need a, a, a 80 hundred count. Why isn't that the stipulation that you pick? Well, they have the 20 count. Remember? No, no. I'm saying I know, like, I, know on the I, know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm just yeah, playing around. on the pinfall. Like we only got a count. We only need a one count to beat you you gotta pin us for 500 seconds and then you win like why doesn't somebody do that stipulation maybe somebody will maybe maybe there will be a team that finally outsmarts the house of black and that'll be the big moment for them i don't know uh but really like let's 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 get to the real meat of this uh this this whole show and that was the returns of miro and thunder rosa um Going back to the second coming, it appears that they're going to both be a part of the uh, the impending collision show. Uh, I love that we at Fightful announced that we will have a, a collision post show. We've announced who's going to do it, yet we still don't have the show announced. Therefore, we know nothing. It could all be the rug could be pulled out from under us. That would be just the the funniest rib. But uh, Miro comes back, says he's got business. To, oh, doesn't even say anything. Just walks into Tony's office, and then uh, you got. Thunder Rosa comes up, says, you know, it's a good day to talk to Poppy Khan. Uh, and, and every single Latino friend I have says, there's nothing poppy about Tony Khan, but okay. And then uh, Tony Khan has an announcement about the impending announcement, which he then has to correct Bix about later on in the broadcast. Uh, talk to me about this. 
collisions coming up next week are the Warner upfronts. Uh, what are you expecting? What do you want? And who the hell are we going to talk to about this? Because we're going to have to bring somebody on to talk about these upfronts. It's Zarian back for the. For Actually, the that's, a, that's probably a good idea. I could text him yeah. about that. Yeah, we'll get Zarian back because he does his shows on Fridays, not Wednesdays. So you know, let's have him on Friday anyway. Make him skip his own show. They move <laughs> around. Uh, okay. Well, well, we'll probably we'll probably have Zarian on for for the upfronts. Uh, I'll reach out to people at Warner Brothers, see if anybody wants to come on. Like, hey, you want to talk about your uh, your upfront presentation? Um, Look, we knew it was coming, right? We didn't know how they were going to set it up. I don't mind the setup of it. Tony basically saying there's a lot of talent who wants more opportunities. And, you know, there's there's a place for AEW to do more content. And so we're going to deliver more content with, you know, AEW Collision here in about a month. Uh, Steven Jensen made the point of like, you know, just this going to be the disgruntled, disgruntled workers show because you got Thunder Rosa and Miro coming in there. Uh, I see I see that to where it's like, yeah, the people who haven't been used now they're here. But Tony, again, kind of didn't reference that they were disgruntled, but reference that like they want opportunities and we only have so much time right now. We can do more content. Tony was super fired up during this, this promo by the way, he was so matter of fact with his delivery. This man's on a heater right now with the all-in ticket sales, collision coming, you know, forbidden door, punk coming back. He knew we had the Don Callis turn at the end of the night as well. He knew that was going to be a big thing. Tony, look at look at this man's demeanor as he's uh, doing this promo. Compare it to other other times he's been on TV. This man knew. He knows that he's in for a big summer. And he, he was ready for it. He was ready to deliver this. I'm looking forward to whatever he has to say next week. Can you imagine the excitement Tony Khan's gonna have next week after they announce the new show? He's gonna be he's gonna be on a different whatever nine is, he's gonna be way above cloud nine. It's gonna be over nine thousand is what he's yeah, gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna be up there. Tony, Tony's fired up. Bless him. Uh it's good. Like good to see Miro back, by the way. Um, that's a guy who I've loved during his AEW run so far, and it's been a shame we haven't seen him since all in uh or all out i guess it's good to see him back thunder rosa hopefully she's doing well she uh can get back in the ring soon i know there's been kind of reports that maybe she still needs surgery i think she actually mentioned she might need surgery there's been reports that she's not close to returning the fact that she's on television makes me believe that she's at least going to be doing stuff on tv even if she's not wrestling she's been at the shows doing commentary so she's at least been at the shows it's a way to reintroduce her as a television um character so it was, it was good uh, look man we got more content more content with aw collision starting in a month and another show another show to to add to our schedule yep two more hours of aw content to talk about but i mean at least you don't have to do dark and collision and annihilation right um zarian because yeah, i was definitely watching all of those shows that's right uh, and covering them and doing live post show uh yeah. zarian zarian by the way he's in for wednesday Okay, there you go. Look at Joel Pearl booking guests while on the air. Booking on the fly. He, he's also giving me scoops, so it's good stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I tweet- please please DM me the scoops so I can pre-write these stories. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be writable stories just yet. Um, yeah, I, I had tweeted out during Dynamite. Thunder Rosa, I hate people, Tony. Miro, I hate people too, Tony. And Tony Khan saying, you both make a strong case. Do you like Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jensen was on the right path. Like it seems like collision is almost the, can you work together? The, can you coexist show? 
Um, but again, I, I mentioned this several times. And I continue to the the roster. I just think some people are going. It's going to be very fluid. Um, yeah. If they get if they get along with Punk or they get along with the Elite, if there's like a hard no, then those people will always be on the one people grouping. It's going to be hard to to manage. They're going to have to figure out a way to do it. And again, this probably won't last forever because one of two things will happen: the beef is squashed and everyone works on the same shows again, or there's another blow up and everything is just something. Something's got to give. Uh, we'll see what happens, but either way, I do love that this is a slow reintegration of talent that we've been missing that we know are okay and ready to work. Um, and you know, a lot of people were mentioning what if Thunder Rosa is still injured or still needs time off and so on and so forth. Uh, there's no reason why you couldn't have her maybe as one of the lead commentary people for the first few weeks while she's uh, still figuring out whatever it is. Or again, maybe she's just kayfabing us and. She's actually cleared and good to go. Doesn't actually need the back surgery that was, you know, talked about or discussed six weeks ago. Um, who knows? It's very, very cool that they're trying to use talent uh, to integrate into this new show as a means to promote the show and not just say, hey, two more hours of TV. Instead, it's like, hey, remember this person, this person, this person, this person that you've been missing and talking about? Well, guess what? Here they are. And they're going to be you know, on the show on Saturdays or on dynamite, they're coming back and I'm fine with that. I like that idea. I want Jim Ross commentating collision with Thunder Rosa. Oh no. By himself. Just Jim Ross college football season doing live commentary on a wrestling show. He's checking his phone every two minutes, like looking, looking for the scores. Oh, an Oklahoma game. He's watching it. Oh, yeah. He's definitely watching. If it's Oklahoma, he's watching. If it's anybody else, he'll, he'll just check the scores and everything. You know, liking tweets. They shouldn't be liking things like that. Yep. That's what we need. Live Jim Ross. Jim Ross and Devon Dudley together again. Let these men live. Let them <laughs> live, everybody. Okay? <laughs> stop, stop. Like should not be public. I, I kind of agree with that. Because uh, Devon did reply to that, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. He said it was a big joke. That man been liking them tweets for months. That ain't that much of a joke. Everyone relax. It was a joke with friends, and the like button was pushed by accident. I laughed out loud about it, not putting much into it. So, again, relax, people. It was a joke. Okay, there was was a couple that is like, oh, ha-ha. You look at that man's entire like history? That ain't joking. Nope. All the stuff he was liking. That ain't, oh, I accidentally pressed this a couple of times. Your your like history goes all the way back to like two years ago when you're liking some thirst trap tweets from, from talent. That ain't the, the joke. Certain ones, sure. Joke, get it. Ha ha. Support. No. Support, yeah. He was only supporting certain people taking certain pictures. He wasn't supporting anything else out there. Anyway, uh, SmackDown tonight, there's going to be some uh, some good stuff coming back. Roman Reigns makes his first appearance since, oh my God, since since the night after WrestleMania? Yeah, since the night after Mania. Wow, that's, uh, that's going to be good. And then uh, the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament 
kicks off on the SmackDown side. You've got Edge, Rey Mysterio, and AJ Styles in one match. Sheamus, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory in the other. Uh, Edge, with that video that came out yesterday that he posted uh, similarly, similarly to how Vinny Pacifico does his videos when he does his promos from the bike after some cardio. Uh, but Edge making the case that Big Gold was always his and that he wants to win it. And then when he drops it, he says goodbye. Uh, basically, Edge saying, I want to finish my story. And a lot of us being like, I don't think you know how this works, Edge. You've been here for a while. Uh, what do you think of the Edge video? And uh, do you have a particular opponent in mind for Seth Rollins in that inaugural World Heavyweight Championship tournament final? I mean, I think it's going to be Edge. I, I said it was going to be Edge, and I said they, he should have Seth should have beaten Cody uh, on Monday as well. Edge makes the most sense out of all of this because him and Seth have the history. The last time they were in Saudi, they did the cell match and everything. I thought Edge's. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Edge, but I thought his promo was good. It makes sense to what he's trying to accomplish. He knows he's on his last run here. He's he still got some name in all of this. Seth beating Edge is a good thing. Edge can brood over him losing this match and then, you know, try to go on real one big last run to maybe get that title, to maybe challenge Roman again because, you know, it's it's been two years. Yeah, like two years since they've done that story. So sure, run that one back if you would like. Uh, So Edge makes the most sense out of all of these guys as far as who can you play off of when it comes to history who can still get a good match? What's a meaningful match? Uh, I think Edge, Edge is that Edge is that guy because they're only going to have a couple weeks to build this thing. I don't know if they're going to be premier, uh, cross-promoting shows. I think they will because they can't help themselves. But if they're not, Edge and Rollins makes the most sense because they are two that can carry things from a promo standpoint with enough meat there if they're not going to have any interaction. Because like if you're expecting like Austin Theory to carry just a singular SmackDown promo talking about Seth Rollins. I don't know about that. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the six men in this match. Rey Mysterio feels like they're going to try and screw him out of that. You know, someone's going to take him out. Uh, AJ and Sheamus are two names that jump out at me. Not necessarily. uh, Okay. I've said this on the other show. Sheamus winning and winning the world heavyweight championship only to make this into a big Roman Reigns ploy because Roman tweeted out, like, I am the only champion. So it feels like Roman's going to address the World Heavyweight Championship and be like, do you think this is the way you solve it? This this is the problem? I wouldn't be surprised if that does become a factor. Maybe not immediately, but again, if Sheamus wins that World Heavyweight Championship, then it feels like this is just a big old red herring of a title. And there's no lineage. There's no nothing. It was just made just like the, just like other belts in Saudi Arabia. If they just made this belt for the one time. Uh, so again, we'll see where, where that lands. I could see. So Seamus and AJ are the two names because those are two Roman Reigns feuds that have not been revisited since Roman came back and started this head of the table, this, this heel run. And those were two massive, um, feuds and massive stories for him aj very much gave roman reigns the like best feud and best match of his career uh when he was needing that 
And yeah. so there's an opportunity to run that back. Sheamus as well. Sheamus and Roman Reigns, they did Sheamus 515. There was a, there was a good story there. Yeah, I gave a suffering succotash, but you know, other than that, there's some you gotta reference that reference to suffering succotash. That's you can't do that. And, and yeah. I've been waiting for them to bring the Sheamus story around to Roman again, because there was a lot that for better or worse impacted Roman's career and Sheamus as well. So you, uh, you have the space for that. Edge did throw the wrench into his plan into the plans by being like big gold is mine and he's on SmackDown. If he's got big gold, well, what's going to anchor what's going to anchor raw the intercontinental championship again, which is Gunther's title. And you had Imperium running around on Monday being like, Hey, Gunther is coming. Gunther's coming. And maybe that's what they're going to do is going to make Gunther and the intercontinental championship, the raw title, which I don't know how, usa or any bidder would feel about that from a business standpoint um one thing it's one thing to split the rosters to make both shows look independently attractive but if you don't have a world heavyweight championship the the everyday person watching this or or just looking to to purchase the rights to the show may be like well why wouldn't we want your world champion if there's no world champion on raw so that's where my brain is kind of like they got to make a championship sell the rights to raw and then put that title on roman is what what i'm really getting to um but yeah at the end of the day theory and lashley are still intertwined they're still doing a thing so it's really edge aj and sheamus and two out of three of those guys are going to go back to roman i don't think edge should go back because i already saw that feud I already saw play out. I already saw Roman beat Edge's ass and stack him along with another wrestler at WrestleMania. That story is done. So to me, it's as much as it's Seth's title, I don't know. Maybe Edge plays a role in, in either giving a really good match for the final or he ends up uh, winning the World Heavyweight Championship and Edge goes back to Raw or some trade occurs. I don't know. I think it's going to be Edge and Seth. I think Seth wins. I I don't mind if it is Edge and Seth. If Edge wins and he goes to Raw, I don't want as funny as it is for it to just put another title on Roman. Uh, I don't think that's the play right now. Again, if it is, I said it like I'll I'll actually credit Triple H of like this is tremendous big tremendous. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, like just get a title on Raw have your two separate champions because that's the whole purpose of this title anyway. And then whatever you're going to do moving forward, do your best to figure it out. And I hope it's been, I hope it's better than what you've kind of been doing with things. Are you looking forward to the triple threat women's tag title match in Saudi Arabia that will come out of tonight's Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus damage control match? Triple who else is Cardi B and Meg the Stallion, the other team in this? Only, no, they're gonna add Chelsea and Sonia. They're petitioning. Remember? On Raw, they're petitioning. They went Can up you- Liv and Raquel and they said, Oh, actually, the petition says that you were gonna we're gonna face damage control. It feels like they're gonna show up tonight, they're gonna try to cost someone the match, get DQ'd in the night of champions, they'll make it a triple threat. First time ever in Saudi Arabia, because that's what they love to do. Can you sing WAP, Joel Pearl? No. Why not? Where's Effie to do it? What is what? Where is Effie to do it for us? Oh, okay. 
I don't know. I should message Effie to sing WAP. No, we're well over time. <laughs> Jeremy, it's time to go. Do you think that this is a, a triple threat women's tag match, by the way, that, at Saudi Arabia? Yes. I think we're fucking with some wet ass pussy, Joel Pearl. I think we need to bring a bucket, bucket and a mop. Please, please don't get us demonetized after the show is at the end. <laughs> For this wet ass pussy, <laughs> give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Wop 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 wop. It's a good song. That shit bangs. Macaroni song. in a pot. Please stop. It's a good song. <laughs> Jeremy, plug your stuff. Let's get out of here. It's Friday afternoon. You can find my wet ass pussy on Twitter. <laughs> oh, good play. <laughs> Don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Someone's listening to this with their kid in a minivan and they're just like, stop. <laughs> I don't have anything to plug. I can't top that, okay? That's <laughs> true. Don't you follow Jeremy Lambert. Go follow SP3, by the way, True Heel SP3. Uh, thank you for coming on, SP3. That was tremendous. Thank you for coming on this. Okay. <laughs> no, stop it. And Hayan, <laughs> uh, wonderful interview with Hayan. Uh, go check that out. We're going to uh, we're gonna take that out of the video. We're going to clip it. It'll show up on Fightful Overbooked as its own interview. By the way, <laughs> someone's saying it's an amazing time to put my headphones back on. Uh, by the way, with our uh, Marty Garner, Garner interview, um, go check out the separate interview because we actually finished the interview on its own uh offline and then we we pasted it back into the final cut so go check out the marty garner interview it was really really good uh and he had a lot to say so go check that out um because yeah just subscribe to the channel drop a thumbs up you know what to do uh i am actual pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l tons of wrestling to watch this weekend and over the next couple of weekends we'll be back on monday at 10 a.m We'll be talking about everything that happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about the upfronts on Wednesday, hopefully with Andrew Zarian. Get excited. Get ready for that and all the other stuff. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, stream forever. Thank you for that. But for now, we're going to say goodbye because the weather's nice. So uh, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.